Thanks for listening to another episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Recently, I received a listener email with the topic idea of emotional intelligence and the role it plays in your military transition. The idea of emotional intelligence refers to one's capacity to be aware of, control, and express their emotions, and to handle interpersonal relationships with good judgment and empathy. There are several key components that play into emotional intelligence that we'll discuss in more detail during today's show. Dustin Mann, an Orion account executive, currently serving as an engineer officer in the Army Reserves, joins the show to discuss his take on emotional intelligence and why it's important in your job search and future career. Dustin will discuss why veterans might be more skilled in emotional intelligence than their civilian counterparts, how to leverage it in your job search, and tips for increasing your emotional intelligence. Thanks to Angela Pearson for submitting the topic for today's show. If you're listening to this and you'd like us to cover a topic that you faced in your transition or something you'd just like to learn more about, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hey, Dustin. Welcome back to the podcast. It's always great to have you. Yeah, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Of course. So today's episode is going to be really cool because I got a listener email from Angela Pearson, and um, she was asking us to discuss the role that emotional intelligence plays in the military transition. And I thought that was a great topic and something that we've never really talked about before. So I hope that we kind of answer the mail on this one for Angela and any of our other listeners. And um, also, as a side note, I love getting emails from anyone who's listening because it helps us kind of shape the show and um, just update what we're putting out there for you, make sure that it's good information. So keep those coming. But this topic I thought would be great. Like I said, it's about emotional intelligence. So the term emotional intelligence has been around for decades now. I think we all kind of have a general grasp on what it is, but we might not know the specifics and especially going back to Angela's question, how it can impact your military transition and beyond. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. And of course, Dustin, have you weigh in on it. Uh, but before we get started, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do here at Orion? Sure, sure. So um, if you guys are first-time listeners, uh, my name is Dustin Mann. I've been on the show a couple times, but um, uh, I'm an account executive here. I've been here at Orion for about three and a half years, and I'm an engineer officer in the Army. Um, I'm in the reserves, and I've been in for about 10 years, and yeah, just uh, excited to uh, excited to help out any way I can. So, Awesome. Okay, so going straight into the topic, what is your take on emotional intelligence and how would you define it? <clears throat> sure. Um, so there's a couple ways I would define it. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of start out with the long definition, I, I think, and then, uh, and then dive into really the, the short and easy way to explain it. Um, so there's four ways to really define it. Uh, self-awareness of your own emotions. Uh, which is basically just being consciously aware of of your own emotions as they arise. Um, and then uh, number two would be self-management and being able to use that awareness, uh, use that conscious awareness to manage your own emotions, uh, to positively direct your own behavior. Um, and then, of course, you want social awareness so that you can be able to read others' emotions um, you want to be able to read others' emotions in certain situations, whatever the, whatever your other situation you're in, so that you can effectively react to that. Um, and that would bring me to my fourth and final point would be relationship management. So you want to use it all, uh, self-awareness, self-management, and social awareness 
to positively manage your own relationships. So that way you can, you know, respond to different people appropriately uh, and manage each separate relationship, whether it's personal or professional, um, you know, the way that you intend to in a positive way. So um, in the Army, uh, one way that we use to define that is just having interpersonal tact. Um, and so that's kind of the, the short and easy way to explain it is just having interpersonal tact, being tactical and tactful uh, in your interactions with everybody uh, that you come across in your day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good explanation. And really emotional intelligence is so important. It's such a key strength that can serve veterans while they're transitioning beyond their transition, but not just veterans, we all need it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, those areas that you just highlighted with self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship management, sometimes you have one or two of those areas down, but you need to focus on developing, um, you know, one of the other ones or two of the other ones. So, and, you know, that's not a problem as long as you do some self-assessment and kind of figure out which are the areas that I could do some improvement on here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I did read one article on GI Jobs that talked about how emotional intelligence has really been um, used now as a indicator of success in businesses. It's something that business owners recognize as being very important, and they've seen these increased emotional intelligence leading to, you know, more professional and leadership effectiveness, job satisfaction, even productivity empathy skills, communication skills, conflict resolution, professional relationships. So it's easy to see how all of those would fall into those four buckets that you mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. But like I said, it's just kind of assessing where do I stand on this spectrum and what are some of the areas that I think I do well in and what are some of the things that I think I could do better. Yeah. So Justin, in your experience, and then also just based on, you know, in your opinion and based on your experience, I guess I should say, are veterans do you think usually more skilled in emotional intelligence than their civilian counterparts? So I would say generally speaking, yes, on average. Um, we are more skilled uh, in emotional intelligence because we have to be. Um, you know, most veterans are put through the gamut of, of you know, extremely stressful situations. Um, and when you are in these stressful situations, you have to react appropriately with with uh your boss with your colleagues with you know people that you're working with on an everyday life and um you have to be effective at the position that you're in and uh so generally speaking i would say that yes you have to be able to manage those relationships appropriately um and handle that stress and handle that um handle those emotions in a way that in a way that uh, you're able to direct that behavior in a positive manner. So um, mm -hmm. in short, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like you mentioned, so when we're talking about, you know, these self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship management, um, and like I said, you can kind of see where you think that you are doing well in areas, but it's also just, it's not all about you. It's not all about being inward focused. You really have to see how you're communicating with other people, because like you said, sometimes you have to deal with challenges. Not everyone thinks the same. Not everyone has the same emotions and, you know, drivers and whether they're in the military or transitioning out. So it's really, you know, knowing that you're inevitably going to have to deal with the emotions of other people and being mm -hmm. aware of what that might be for them and how you can effectively manage it. Mm -hmm. 
And speaking of, um, you know, management, I want to talk about that a little bit just because um, some veterans are looking for management roles once they get out of um, the military. But one question before we get to that, mm-hmm. with all of these buckets that we're talking about, um, you know, self, self-awareness, I think there's a lot of things that you could point to um, within these categories that are examples of how it affects you during your military transition. So how do you think this topic is important during your military transition? So obviously, you know, in order to successfully navigate um, the interview process, you have to be socially aware um, and have interpersonal tact. Uh, But what a lot of people don't realize um, is that in order to have a successful professional career, uh, you must have every other aspect in your life in order. Uh, And what I mean by that is that it it plays a huge role in your personal relationships um, uh, during your military and uh, military to civilian transition. So you have to be able to effectively manage your own relationships, interpersonal relationships, uh, so that you can go to work, you know, with the um, level head and be able to uh, handle the the stresses of civilian of uh, civilian employment of that of that transition of the interview process of all that other stuff. So you have to have your personal side in order so that you can thrive in your professional side and and both sides definitely uh, require for you to have a level head uh, require for you to be uh, self aware so that you can. Uh, manage your own emotions, and then be able to read everybody else's emotions and and manage the relationships uh, in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was looking at those four buckets that we've talked about, it's with the self-awareness, one of the things that I talked about is um, one of the things that we're always telling military candidates when they're getting out is, you know, to study yourself. What do you want to do? Research the yeah. things that you've done in, in the past and think about, you know, what what do I, what do I want to do, if anything, that's similar to that now in the future. So I think that really plays into the self-awareness, just knowing what have I done? What do I want to do? Um, how has this, what has made me happy in the past and made me feel fulfilled? And how can I continue to do that? So that to me is all about self-awareness and definitely plays into this as well. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And then even with, you know, the self-management, obviously juggling a job search can be very stressful. So it's kind of being aware of when you are feeling overwhelmed or when you're feeling discouraged, just kind of knowing how to manage your reactions to certain situations. Like maybe you got turned down for a job or an interview got canceled or whatever the case may be, but just kind of keeping in touch with yourself and your emotions on that and not letting it get the best of you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's nothing worse than um, uh, getting bad news and then, or or thinking that you're going to get bad news and then reacting inappropriately. You definitely want to be able to manage those emotions. And that certainly, you know, we're talking about the transition and beyond. That certainly is the case when you're interviewing. Like you, something you said just jogged my memory, um, and it's something we've talked about on the podcast before, but. Even if you're in a situation where, let's say, you um, haven't heard back from a company in maybe a week or so and you thought you'd hear back sooner, you don't want to shoot off an email to them saying, like, hey, thanks for nothing, (laughs) something like that. You know, you don't want to burn any bridges. And I I think most people listening wouldn't do that anyway. But 
it can be frustrating and, you know, emotions can run high and sometimes you might do things that you wish you hadn't done. So it's really just trying to stay grounded on things like that and, yeah, not do anything that um, you would regret later. And then Dustin, yeah, you, you also – oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to agree. And, um, you know, that happens rarely, but, uh, you know, every now and then it, it happens. And, um, you know, it, it definitely burns that bridge and you want to try and um, not do that, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, and another thing that you that you had mentioned earlier was with the social awareness and the importance of that during the interview, just being able to um, read someone's body language and um, I guess for lack of a better word, the vibe that you're getting during an interview can really serve you well. Um, all interviews are going to be different. Companies are going to be different, cultures, personalities. And so being able to adapt to that, maybe you're with someone who is a little bit more serious and you can tell that they're taking this interview very seriously. You probably don't want to be necessarily joking around with them. Maybe that's not something that they're interested in doing. So it's kind of being able to read the room as well. Yeah, you definitely want to read the room, um, get the vibe that's going on in the in the situation, read the person in front of you, kind of like poker. <laughs> um, but you want to be able to read their uh, level of emotions and what kind of emotions. And, and like you said, it's, if they're taking it seriously, you, you want to try and uh, match that uh, level of seriousness. If they're if they're joking around, still be serious, but you can, you, you know, relax a little bit, too. So. Um, mm -hmm. You don't want to make someone else uncomfortable because you are uh, communicating in a different emotional state um, than they are. Sometimes that can make you uncomfortable if if someone's being straight edge and you're trying to loosen up a little bit or vice versa. So, well, I think, you know, one of the things that I would say to that is even if, so, you know, you have to obviously be socially aware and even if you the vibe that they're putting out isn't really in line with how you're feeling and you think like, oh, maybe this isn't a good fit for me, then that's fine. But mm -hmm. still kind of, you know, maintain that social awareness during the interview process. And if, if it doesn't work out, at least you've still maintained, you know, professionalism and, you know, still got through the interview process. Yep. And you never know, even if it doesn't work out because of one reason, uh, you maintain that relationship and, and you never know, maybe down the line something does open up and then they think, oh, well, you know, I remember meeting with this person and his skill set, his or her skill set may fit right in line. Let's give this person a call back. So you never know. Yeah, definitely. So like I mentioned, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, if, if someone was going to transition into a management role from the military, you obviously have leadership skills and ways that you're used to leading in the military. But I want to hear from you how you can leverage emotional intelligence to successfully translate that military experience into the civilian world as well. Sure. So it kind of goes along the same lines as we've already talked about. But um, really, it just it's going to allow you to to connect with your employees or your um, your colleagues um, on a deeper level. It's going to let you create those tighter bonds with your employees. Um, and what you have to understand is that in the military, everybody's there. They've all signed on the dotted line. Um, you know, everyone's there under a contract for the most part. And, you know, they're not going to leave um, unless they are, are choosing to retire or something. But uh, in, in the civilian world, it's just not like that. 
Um, and so you run the risk of people, you know, deciding to leave an organization or, or, you know, get picked up by and decide to even worse, go to a competing, uh, competitor, competing organization, <laughs> um, which, competing. which yes, a competing, thank you. <laughs> uh, a competing organization. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, you're on the risk of that. And so you want to be able to manage those relationships and keep those emotions in check and, and be able to connect with your employees on a deeper level and um, so that you can mitigate that as much as possible. But you have to also manage your expectations that every now and then someone is going to leave. Someone is going to uh, decide to make that change. Um, but, you know, you can definitely leverage uh, emotional intelligence to um, create those tighter bonds. So. Mm-hmm. And one of the aspects that we discussed but didn't talk about in as much detail as the others was the relationship management piece of emotional intelligence because I think this is one that really plays in here and is a big role in this one is just like you said and I hadn't even thought about that but yeah it's you know people are going to quit it's kind of knowing not to necessarily take it personally um, and still mm-hmm. being able to communicate with them and you know kind of diffuse any kind of conflicts that might arise so it's really just, you know, being emotionally aware of others that you're leading within the organization, having clear communication and trying to handle conflict. And that's with conflict, emotional intelligence. I mean, if everyone was emotionally intelligent, I don't know if we'd really have conflict. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a perfect world, wouldn't it? <laughs> exactly. Um, from your own personal experience, did you have... Um, like leadership roles in the military where you felt like this was something that, um, you know, that you thought about personally? Definitely. You know, um, I'm a engineer officer in the army. You know, I started out as a platoon leader, um, you know, managing a a company, uh, platoon, excuse me, of 30 soldiers ish soldiers. Um, And, you know, you, you obviously you want to try and connect with these, these guys on a professional level. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have to realize that a lot of these guys have been working together for, you know, five, sometimes 10 years. Um, and, and you're the, you're the new, new guy joining the team and you're expected to lead them right off the bat. And, you know, you, you definitely have to have that interpersonal tact. You have to be, self-aware um you have to be able to properly manage those relationships uh, appropriately um you know you're going to have your platoon sergeant who is you know for those of you that are not in the army it's um you know basically <laughs> your right hand man it's your it's the person that's right next to you your nco that's helping you out um you know you can be a little bit closer there but uh, with your junior soldiers, a lot of times, you know, you have to have that more professional relationship. It's, you know, you, know, you don't want to buddy up too much with them. You have to keep the communication and um, uh, interactions professional. But, um, yeah, so you definitely are going to be able, you know, need to use emotional intelligence properly there. Um, mm-hmm. And then the same goes with your company commander or, or whatever level of leadership you, you take. So. Well, in that example that you gave where you're coming in and you're managing people that have, you know, maybe been in their jobs for five years, I mean, that's 
certainly applicable to the civilian world as well. Um, I'm sure that we've mm-hmm. got plenty of people that we work with that get hired into, you know, management leadership roles where there are people that are reporting to them and you're the new guy, so how do you relate? And I think, you know, also part of emotional intelligence is being able to have empathy and compassion. And so it's understanding where they might be coming from. Like, hey, you'd probably feel the same way if it was you in that situation. So understanding where they're coming from and trying to figure out how you can bridge the gap. Yeah. And, you know, the first step, if if you do find yourself in that situation, you know, being the new leader, um, trying to lead folks that have been together for a while, you know, the first step is self-awareness. Um, once you're aware and consciously aware that you are in the situation that you're in and and your um, employees are in the situation that they're in and once you can recognize that then you can um, and then you can manage those relationships appropriately um, and, and you know at least see it from their perspective so mm-hmm. don't come in as a know-it-all you have to know how yeah. that's going to be perceived by other yeah. people Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like I mentioned earlier, there, I think that everyone has some degree of understanding on what emotional intelligence is. I mean, if you look at the words separately, we all know what they mean. So mm-hmm. you might be more familiar with specific areas than others. And if you do do, you know, like a honest self inventory of and say, what are some of the things that I am good at in this area? What are some of the things that I could use some help on? I found this article on um, Inc.com that will give some ways to increase your emotional intelligence. So I wanted to talk through some of those with you. And um, so the first one is to utilize an assertive style of communicating. And I think people can sometimes get assertive, confused with aggressive, and obviously there is a line between the two. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that one? Sure. So, you know, using an assertive communication style, um, you want to make sure that you come across uh, at the appropriate level. You don't want to come across as too aggressive or too passive. Um, You want to be able to uh, respect others and just approach them the way that they want to be approached. Um, so you, and it's especially if that's the case, if you're in a leadership position. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that says in this article that I think is really um, very true is emotionally intelligent people know how to communicate their opinions and needs in a direct way while still respecting others. Cause the respect yeah. is obviously a big factor here. And then number two is um, responding instead of reacting to conflict. So, you know, that one obviously can be um, very important. You might have a hard time sometimes because conflict can be a little bit awkward for people involved, especially in the workplace, because you're trying to keep it professional while also responding to it. And um, this one basically just says that, you know, emotionally intelligent people can remain calm during stressful situations. And Back to your point, I believe you said that about um, when I asked you if, if, in your opinion, veterans have higher levels of emotional intelligence than civilians, it's based on just that one thing is that, yeah, because you've been in situations where you have to stay calm during really stressful situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to you have to stay calm. And, and one of the ways that um, that I find myself being able to do that. And one of the ways that we are taught, we as in veterans are taught uh, to stay calm during these situations 
um, is the same way I actually uh, uh, teach my kids uh, <laughs> um, is is taking a tactical pause. You know, take a few moments to take a deep breath and take it all in. Um, mm -hmm. Once you can, once you can do that uh, and take in the whole situation and observe, you know, for a few moments, then you can react accordingly uh, instead of reacting um, from an emotional uh, state and reacting in a way that you wouldn't otherwise prefer to. Mm -hmm. And just going off of that, I think being able to pause and take it all in and see the big picture, it helps mm -hmm. you realize that the goal of the conflict is resolution. It's not to respond to something that someone might have said that offended you or anything, especially if you're in a leadership position. And so, you know, people with higher levels of emotional intelligence, I think, make the conscious choice to focus on their actions and making sure that their words are going to be well perceived by others. Yeah, definitely. So listening skills, the third one on this list is utilize active listening skills. And I think one of the good points that they make in here is that emotionally intelligent people listen for clarity instead of just waiting for their turn to speak. And I think we can all relate to this because we all know people who you can tell when you're talking to them, you just see the wheels turning and you know they're not listening. They're <laughs> formulating their own response. Yeah. So I think that one is um, very important. And then um, number four is be motivated. Um, and that kind of goes back to what we talked about with self-awareness, what motivates you. Um, and that, you know, can kind of help here. It can help you set goals, um, better face challenges. And then number five is practice ways to maintain a positive attitude, which I think, of course, positive attitude goes hand in hand with emotional intelligence. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then practice, and number six is practice self-awareness. Now, that's one thing that, again, I think it's kind of um, same with the previous one, maintaining a positive attitude. It kind of goes hand in hand with it. It's one of the things that we talked about the most at the beginning is just understanding your own emotions, your ability to relate to other people, understand how your emotions can positively and negatively affect your behaviors. And, I mean, that's something that we all, of course, I'm sure I have to think about every single day. So it's not just in the workplace. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. It's not just in the workplace. Um, it's in all aspects. I'm sure of you have life. to do it with your, with your kids. Like you mentioned. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, that's another story. <laughs> Okay, so number seven on the list is taking critiques well, and I'm this one I think is something that everybody would kind of struggle with, um, just because I mean nobody likes to be criticized. We all want to think that, you know, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do at all times. But um, in this article, it says that this is really an important part of increasing your emotional intelligence is being able to take criticism and not get defensive about it, and so. You know, on the flip side, you know, if you can dish out the critiques, like you probably are going to have to if you're in a leadership role, you also need to be able to take them. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's yeah. something you experienced in the military as well. Absolutely. Yeah, you uh, it's it's all part of our evaluation. Um, uh, you, if you're in a leadership position, you have to uh, come up with your evaluations, um, NCOERs or OERs, as we call them. Um, and so you have to critique your 
um, employees, you can critique your your soldiers, your NCOs, um, you know, across many different levels. Um, and then on the flip side, <clears throat> your boss is critiquing you, and you have to be able to take a, take their criticism well and and try and um, you know take the good and the bad and and the ugly and try and you know make the best of it and improve. Um, and that's really all you can do and uh, not be defensive about it. So. Mm -hmm. Yep. And just to go through the rest of the list real quick, number eight is empathize with others. We touched on that already, but um, mm -hmm. the key here is just that it opens the door for mutual respect and understanding. So if you come into an organization as a new person, but yet you're leading, you want to be aware of the fact that, you know, that might rub people the wrong way, whether right or wrong. I mean, you got hired to do a job, so it's not necessarily your job to, you know, make them feel better about it, but at least understanding where they're coming from. And then um, number nine is utilizing leadership skills. So just basically mm -hmm. taking initiative, um, you know, being a decision maker, using your problem solving skills that you've honed in the military and um, just making sure that you're you know, productive and performing at work. And then be approachable and sociable is number 10. And this one makes me think of, um, I believe you said something earlier about when you were in the military, you kind of have a sense of camaraderie for people, but you also want to maintain that sense of professionalism. So I think mm -hmm. it's really just using your emotional intelligence to be approachable and, you know, be someone who people want to communicate and have positive communications with. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, sometimes if it's in a work setting, you, you want to be approachable and you want to be communicative with people and friendly, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you break down all the walls and are telling everyone your deep dark secrets or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, everybody always talks about it. If you're a leader, everybody always talks about having a quote unquote open door policy, um, you know, I, I hear it all the time by uh, uh, managers and leaders that I've had above me, and and you know I've definitely said that to my subordinates, and my soldiers. So, um, but uh, you know, at the same time, you have that open door policy, but at the same time, uh, you you can't buddy up and be too uh, you know social with because you have to maintain that level of professionalism. You have to be able to. Uh, expect that if you if you give an order, um, expect that it's going to be followed, um, and that's just how it is in the military. You know, if you if you're mm -hmm. given a mission, you have to be able to give orders and expect that it's going to be performed uh, without hesitation. Um, and so that that's the whole justification for um, maintaining that line, maintaining that uh, level of professionalism between you and your your soldiers. So. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in the military, I'm sure that, you know, there are lots of times where it's for safety reasons. You really can't communicate all of the details and the nitty gritty of everything. You have to kind of just um, communicate as openly as you can. Now, you don't mm -hmm. typically have that in the civilian workforce, but um, so maybe it's not for safety concerns, but it could be because of changing company policies or a change in leadership or things that you might be privy to being at a different level than other employees that you really, A, shouldn't tell them because you're 
probably not allowed, but B, maybe it would cause people to freak out, think they're going to lose their job, not perform at the, you know, at what they should be, what they're expected to do. So there's different things um, about, you know, you can, of course, be approachable and sociable, but um, there's knowing, you know, using your emotional intelligence to know <laughs> how to read situations and where the line is. Yeah, you always want to be able to uh, interact, you know, in a pleasant manner. You always want to be pleasant uh, during your interactions, uh, no matter what level of interaction, um, whether you're talking to, you know, a private or if you're talking to a general, you always, or if you are that general, <laughs> you always mm -hmm. want to be pleasant with all interactions. Uh, but at the same time, you always want to um, uh, maintain that professionalism and, and have that um, again, I keep going back to it, that interpersonal tact and situational mm -hmm. awareness. So, No, I think that's a great way to sum it up is the interpersonal tact. And, you know, just to summarize this for everyone listening, when we've talked about the key areas of emotional intelligence and we're looking at social awareness, self-management, self-awareness, and relationship management, we've touched on each of these. Um, of course, if there's anything that like I said, that you want to take inventory of yourself and see if there's somewhere that you could improve. There's tons of resources online. You can become an emotional intelligence expert if you want. But um, I think, yes, just a bottom line is, um, you know, being aware and being able to use that awareness to manage your relationships and, you know, move that toward the best possible outcomes is really the ideal goal here. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Dustin, thank you very much. Is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap this up? No, that, uh, that about uh, wraps it up. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.